Thank you so much, friends. That, uh, I, I didn't know about that in the first um, experience, worship experience, so I walked up, I was ready to go, and then Pastor Jason's there. So Pastor Jason, if you're still watching, if you didn't shut down the screen yet, hi, thanks for that introduction, appreciate it. For those of you watching online, good to see you as well this morning. Um, it's good to see you guys. Glad you're here. Hey, turn to your neighbor real quick, smile at him. Good. You don't even have to say anything. Like for the introverts in the room, you're like, thank you. I just had to give my shy smile, and that was it. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Man, this is a, a fun time of year for, for us. Um, I love the series that we're in as we talk about I will. One of the things, um, I love many things about this time of year. I love the weather. Um, I love the cool air. I'll be getting several texts this week from friends that are cursing me because it's cold, because I just tell them I like this cold weather, and like, it's your fault. I'm like, ah, no, I'm not. It's not my fault. Just relax. But I, I love the activity that surrounds this time of year. Um, I love just the time of reflection that we get to have. Um, Lindsay and I, for the last almost 12 years now, have, have really tried to uh, take a, a concentrated time, either right after the, the new year or right before it, and, and share a quality meal. So quality meal for us means um, a little bit more on the not fast food side and without kids. So we would call that kind of a quality meal. Um, and we just, we just want to talk through, hey, what, what were some things as we look back at the past year that we really just enjoyed, that we loved? What were some things that were misses? Um, and <laughs> some years we have a lot more time spent on the misses than we do on the things that we loved. And, and, and our hope as we do that um, is that we were asking the question, how are we deliberately looking towards formation for our family, right? Um, what is God actively at work in? So those two things are, are big as we ask that question from year to year. Um, what, how are we deliberately looking towards formation of our family, Family is for formation, so if you don't know that, if, if you think family is just to, to do chores around the house or to, to make you really annoyed, you may have missed some of God's memo on the purpose of family, but family is for formation. Um, and then we want to ask, like, God, what are you actively doing, and where can we join you in that? Not, what are we doing, and God, hey, hop in on what we're doing, but as a family, God, what are you actively doing within our family, um, and, and how do we join you in that? That idea of process and, and formation and um, how are we actively pursuing that. Author Robert Mulholland Jr. says this, Everyone is in the process of spiritual formation. Every thought we hold, every decision we make, every action we take, every emotion we allow to shape our behavior... Every response we make to the world around us, every relationship we enter into, every re reaction we have toward the things that surround us and impinge upon our lives, all of these, little by little, are shaping us into some kind of being. We're being shaped either into the wholeness of the image of Christ or a horribly destructive caricature of that image. Destructive not only to ourselves, but also to others. For we inflict our brokenness upon them. This forming of our souls into the wholeness of the image of Christ is a deep longing and desire for any Christian. So the first question I just have to ask is, is that a desire? Do you have a desire to be formed into the wholeness or into the likeness 
the image of Christ. If not, if that's not a desire of yours today, then I would question, are, are you a Christ follower? Are you, are you a Christian? If not, that, that's, that's where we have to start. Before we move any further, we just have to be, get real clear on that. If your desire and heart is not to move towards Christ's likeness, you probably aren't a Christian. And, and we want to walk beside you in that today. That I'm not, what I'm not going to do is, hey, if that's not you, just stand up your hand. We'll usher you out of here because this is just for those insiders. So don't, I'm not saying that. I just, I just want to be honest about where we really are so we can move forward from there. We good? It's a forming that sets apart, or as scripture would say, to, to be holy. Holy means to be set apart. And so this formation that's taking place within us is this, this process of being set apart, of forming us more into the image and likeness of Jesus. And so as a part of this series, this I Will series, my, my statement today, and I'm going to make it in a couple um, concentrated areas is this, I will pursue holiness. I will pursue holiness. And so let me unpack that just a little bit for us. Um, Ephesians 1, 3 through 4 says, says this, um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. And so I make these three points about that passage that to pursue holiness is part of God's plan of salvation. Salvation is not just when you die, you get wings and float off. Salvation is God's work of bringing heaven to earth now. Not some future event only that will take place as heaven invades earth eternally, a new heaven and a new earth, but as God makes his representatives known now. It's a part of God's plan of salvation. To pursue holiness is to trust or walk in the finished work of Jesus in all areas of my life. The text says that he, um, he's given us every, uh, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That because of Christ's finished work, the work that we just sang about, that we, that we talked about just now, it's finished, it's done. Because of that work of Jesus, you have everything you need to pursue holiness. So hear, hear this real quick. We're not pursuing perfection. So just take a deep breath real quick that you don't have to have everything figured out. It's Christ in you. Even as we sang the song, this, this last song, and made that declaration of it's finished, I'm just praying, Spirit, push yourself out in me. Push yourself out. Get rid of anything that's not of you. Get rid of it. I don't have to be perfect because Jesus is already perfect. Right? If I'm in Christ, I'm not trying to be Jesus. There's, there's already a Jesus. And thank Jesus, there's Jesus. We're also not trying to simply pursue sin management. Holiness is not trying to minimize the things that you do wrong and amplify the things that morally you do right or that society likes. We're clinging, we are clinging to Jesus in every moment.
This is the picture of pursuing holiness. Several years ago, um, right before Lindsay and I had our first um, child, we went to um, Italy and Rome was chaos and we went to Florence and it was a little bit better, it was much better. I didn't get lost 18 times a day. Rome's grid system does not exist, and it, it's maddening, so don't go there. Um, I'm just, I'm just if you, um, we did. We got lost all the time. We went, when we were in Florence, we went to the Duomo, and um, it was really, it's fascinating. We love, Lindsay and I love history. We love stories that, that help us understand how we got to where we are. The Duomo, um, Lindsay hated the outside. Inside, I was not a big fan of the of the outside because as you walk up stairs, um, it's very um, enclosed. So if you have a fear of being trapped alive under a large building, this would not be a place for you. But once we got to the top, she was breathing and I was starting to uh, panic just a little bit because we were very high up with a very low rail. Apparently people were a lot shorter when they constructed these buildings back in the day. And so Lindsay's ready to go take a picture um, with our digital camera, because <laughs> we didn't have phones back then, um, to take quality pictures with. And she's like, come on out here. And I'm going, oh, this is great. And so there's a large pillar right here, and the, the edge of death is right over there. And I'm like, I'm, we're good here. I'm, I'm all right. Let's just kind of take this thing and move on. She's like, stop it. Are you afraid of heights? This is no laughing matter, wife. This is... <laughs> It's not, like, I've got emotions taking place right now, and you're, you're mocking. Um, and she's fine. She's like, like this? Does this scare you? Step back. I don't have life insurance on you yet. <laughs> and, and so, but there's this, there's this time where I'm like, I li- if you look at our picture of this moment, I am just leaning onto the pillar. Because if this pillar falls, we're all gone anyway. But, like, I'm, I'm much safer here than I am out on the ledge, or if you're, um, man, if you're spending time in the mountains, you, I don't know many people that are just like standing on the edge of the cliff and like, man, that's a long way down, right? <laughs> Me and sane people like myself um, are, are hugging the mountain, right? And this idea of pursuing holiness is the same. I'm not on the side of the mountain. I'm hugging the mountain. I'm not tiptoeing the edge. I'm not seeing how close to the line I can get. I'm not seeing how close to, like, what, what's really sin? How far is too far? What, what's, the, what's the edge? What, what kind of, when does it start getting blurry? I would say that's the wrong question. How do we hug the, 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 our foundation, who is Jesus Christ? How do we lean into the one who is firm in our faith. How do we lean into him is the picture that we have for holiness. To pursue holiness is to watch what and who we partner with. What we allow to grow and form us. So I want to take just the, the remainder of our time and, and talk through that piece of pursuing holiness. And I, I, there's three specific areas that, that I feel we as a, as a church culture, um, kind of Western Christianity, continue to, to struggle with. Um, and so I'm going I'm to push in on those a little bit, um, if I can, with, within this idea of pursuing holiness. Um, Galatians 6, 7-8 says this, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest 
what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So the question is this, where have we been sowing? Where have we been planting? Where have we been allowing formation, good or bad, to happen? And as we talk through these things, I'm simply coming as an observer in my own life and in that of our culture. This is about how we can take steps towards awareness and pursuit of holiness. And this is about what I will or will not partner with any longer. My prayer this morning is that there would be some brokenness and conviction so that God can rebuild and restore. You can't rebuild something unless it's first torn down. So I've been praying that today. The first um, area specifically in the pursuit of holiness um, and what we partner with is just this um, sexualized culture that we find ourselves in. We have planted and sown um, 50 plus years of, of pornography, of locker room talk, of boys will be boys mentality into our culture And we're harvesting destruction in the form of sexual abuse. No regard for the imago Dei or the image bearer and further depravity. Everything has been sexualized. You can take a nice, clean, wholesome joke and turn it into something other than that very quickly. And we have moved from the sacred bedroom to the marketplace. Church, every image that we receive, every joke we laugh at, every subtle glance we give moves us from one thing to another. It's forming us. And and I'm not talking about those outside the church, so let's be real clear here. This is not um, a, a lecture for those outside. This is not blaming Hollywood. This is this is for us here in this room. There's no expectation for those outside of Christ to live like they know Christ. It is in our allowance, in our own lives, our participation or our passivity, our overlooking, our brushing things under the rug that calls us guilty in the church in regards to this area. A consumer produces a supply and demand cycle. And, and Lord knows it, that we've, we've consumed. We've been a part of um, an entertainment industry, and we haven't said, I'm, I'm just not, not going to participate. Or, or when we hear about something happening with people around us, well, I don't want to harm the position of that person, so we're going to sweep it under the rug. And, and we cannot operate in that way. It does not give an accurate picture to our Father in heaven as to what he says about the nature and design of sex and relationship. If you're in a place of abuse right now, that's not God's heart. We have people that can walk beside you through that. If you are in uh, taking part in the objectification of the body, Abigail Van Buren says this, the church is, not, is to be a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. 
And so if you find yourself that the enemy would love to isolate and condemn and let you hide in the shadows, but Christ would say, come, my finished work will heal and restore and rebuild. Don't hide in the shadows anymore. So I, I make this statement out of this first uh, component of a sexualized culture that I will handle sex in the human body as God designed. I will actively reject the objectification of the human body in all forms. And I think that looks different for, for each person in here, but um, I want to challenge us in that. The second piece is a technology-driven identity. We have planted, we have sown years of virtual connection, which has been fast-tracked over the last 10 years. Some have planted an identity rooted in work. Technology has harvested weary, passionless workers. Some have planted an identity based off of what others say. And social media has harvested a field of those unable to disconnect from the next piece of information or what somebody says about us. In regards to the next piece of information, you know what happens if you're not the first one to find out about something? Somebody tells you later. Or you don't find out and it's okay, like the world keeps moving. It's, it's not a big deal. But if we feel this urge, this draw, we have this something um, that, that we're planting within us that goes, I have to be the one that tells everybody about it. Or I have to share, I have to do these things so that people will look at me as though I have value. You know what speaks value over you? The one who gives you value, the Father in heaven that created you. That's the value, the worth that you have. We've sown decades of violence and called it entertainment in movies, music, and video games. And we're harvesting mass shootings, depression, and fear like never before. One of the most, <laughs> maybe I'm just completely ignorant of my early years, but I feel like we're way more fearful in life. And I'm, again, I'm not saying just walk around like everything's fine. I get that the world is broken. There's a difference between awareness and walking in fear. And I see so many people walking in absolute, utter fear. And we don't serve a God of fear. We serve a God that is victorious. And because we know the victory that lies before us, we have hope in the present right now. This planting or sowing is not a passive agent. You're not just sitting there just wasting time. You are receiving every sing with every single moment, with technology. Every time I voluntarily engage, look at a screen, pick someone else's agenda or opinion up, I'm allowing a seed to be planted. I am partnering with the message they want to communicate about who I am, how this world is to operate and ultimately who God is. Not just shaping the information you process, but how you process the information. And so to pursue holiness, we must move from trusting creation's truncated creation to leaning in and trusting what Scripture says and wisdom from the Spirit. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Would this be our posture, church? 
Would this be the place that we would, here's what this, this means, it's time. You want to you get really messed up, put, a, put an app on your phone, phone called Moments. Moments. Um, it'll tell you how much time you're on your device. Um, and if you're like, I don't know if it's that bad, just put it on there and let it wreck your world for a little bit, right? That's just five minutes. I just, no, it, it turned into three hours really quick. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So my statement um, towards pursuit of holiness in regards to this is I will use technology as needed to fulfill a call of God with all holiness, and that's all. I will seek to use technology for my sanctification, and this year it will mean separating from it. Um, For for me personally, um, it it meant taking my phone out of my room and leaving it in the kitchen um, so that there is a distinct separation when I'm done checking Twitter for the 16th time in the last hour, um, and I'm I'm putting it away, and I'm maybe reading something that's made of paper uh, before I go to bed, or having conversation with a live person, um, or playing with my dog. Those are all great, great uh, options for me. But there's a a disconnect, and I'm I'm going, I'm not trusting that that thing is the only thing. It will not satisfy me. I will not give it the place to try to bring satisfaction and knowledge or whatever else that may try to come through. Lastly, um, political uniformity. We have planted years of division and political warfare through propaganda that coaxes people to lean to the right side, which could be left or right. And we've had an all-out assault where people are absolutely losing their mind. And we in the church are just as guilty. We are spiteful, vengeful, belligerent, unwilling to listen to each other, unloving, and hurtful. Guys, that's not when Jesus says, they'll know that you're my disciples, it it wasn't by these terms. (laughs) It was by how you love one another. In Acts 2, the, 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 the giving of the Holy Spirit, there's, there's a unification that takes place within his people. When the, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. That was my hand. That wasn't wind, just in case you're dramatic effect. Um, the spirit is attracted to and brings unity. And we're not talking about uniformity. Uniformity is everybody looks the same, everybody sounds the same. That's not what the spirit's after. There is a diversity that should be made up within the church. All tribes, tongues, languages, and past, all brought together through one Christ, one body, one church. Unity brings the blessing of God's anointing. Unity provides a witness to the lost. Unity is to be a primary goal of Christians, and therefore Christians should not be a divisive people. Disunity is a sign of spiritual immaturity. But Danny, you don't, I mean, you're just it's a young 
not so young anymore, middle-aged. I'm, I'm middle-aged. I think I've discovered that now. Three years away from 40, that's middle-aged, right? I hope. I hope I'm middle-aged. I hope I'm not on the downside of, I'm not middle-aged? I will submit to your wisdom. I am a youthful man. Somebody would say, hey, youthful man, what, what about when they get it wrong? Again, anytime a statement is an us and them, you may want to be on the heads up for disunity. How many times in scripture do we see God defending himself? Hey, Joshua, I need you to take down Jericho. Okay, what do you need me to do? Just walk. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, hey, Gideon, you're going to take out the Midianites. Awesome, what do we know? We got 10,000? Nah, let's go 300. Oh, so often within scripture, God is asking us to be present, to stand in the gap, to obey when he calls, but he doesn't call us to be jerks and verbal sparring matches in an attempt to usher heaven to earth. But Danny, you're so naive in your youthful manhood. <laughs> Kindness does not win people. Maybe not in your kingdom. Romans 2.4 tells us that it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Paul tells Timothy in, in Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.24, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. James, the brother of Jesus, in James 3.18 says this, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness or good things. Paul writes in Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Jesus told his disciples when he sent them out, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. Friends, we tend to be as wise as a two-year-old and as gentle as an ox in this regard. And we have to do Better. There is, Christ is forming something other than this in us. To say yes to God's kingdom means a relinquishing and demolishing of our own kingdom. So I make this statement. I will build and pursue the kingdom of God and not merely a nation or an idea of a nation. I will winsomely so kindness and peace. I believe many in here um, know the moments of clarity which are supported by walking in the Spirit and have had a glimpse of the fruit that comes out of it. They're the most satisfying and pure moments. And I think for most, the, the, the hard thing is um, we, 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 we forget. Or, um, or the, we, we grow weary of, and the flesh begins to win out because we just grow weary. For someone here, we, we may not know. I mean, multiple conversations I've had with, with new believers that are like, hold on, wait, so I, I shouldn't be looking at, at naked people? I, I didn't know that. And so there, there's just a little bit of that education piece. For some, it's just remember, like, Keep, keep moving, keep pursuing. It's worth it. He is worth your affections. He is worth your desires. Move towards him. Get up and walk, my friend. 
It's the reason why groups matter, to be surrounded by those types of environments with other people that, that haven't quite figured out, that are still struggling, but that are pursuing holiness as well, that will remind you faithfully, consistently, and not go, well, it's okay, you can try better next time, but no, 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 that Jesus has completed the work. If you rest in him and walk in him, spend time with him, learn from him, he will make your path straight. He will begin to untangle, renew, restore, and rebuild a new man no longer the old man. You see, the seed, soil, and sun partner to grow something. Just as our hearts, the message, and the messenger grow something within each of us. What's growing in you? Is it a pursuit of holiness? Is it a Christ-likeness? Is it a life that pleases the Spirit? This takes place moment by moment, sowing truth, life, and spirit into our lives. If if we have had literal years of sowing into and walking in the flesh, learning those patterns and and are used to those patterns, guys, it's going to take patient, deliberate, pointed time of sowing into the spirit to see the fruit of the spirit. But make no mistake, the fruit of the Spirit will be seen over time. I have a friend that, that had a, um, a wretched limp. Like, I'd see him come in, and I would just start, like, cringing in pain for him because I'd see it. And it's because it was just kind of rubbing bone on bone in his knee. And so I'd, and it, over time, it became more and more deliberate because he's just trying to get some, some weight off of that because every time he stepped, it's just, ooh, just painful bone, touching bone, wrenching. And so finally, after everybody told him, like, hey, you might want to have that looked at, um, he had a knee replacement surgery. And so next time I saw him, it, it had been a little while, I expected to see just a regular walk. But the thing that had happened is, is over time, because he had years and years of walking a certain way, his muscles and body had learned a certain path of walking in. And so even after the healing of that place, he still had some, some ways to learn how to walk that were without the limp. For us, for me, um, I believe we have areas that the Lord has healed, that he has delivered. For some, he is healing. And for some, he he wants to, he's calling you to that place of healing to say, hey, you don't have to walk in that agony any longer. But there's still evidence, still evidence of the limp the limp of reactionary anger from childhood, exposure to sexual abuse, accepting the respectable sins, pride, arrogance, lust. And the call today is to limp your way to the altar and so invest or partner with the Spirit so that he might straighten the limp. And not just in one area, not kind of that safe area that you're like, okay, I, I can address this, but in every area of your life. 
This pursuit of holiness is, is not just some random phrase and it's not to create an elitist group of spiritual gurus. But friends, it's for, it's for your good. It's for my good and the glory of God. And the thing that is best for us, which is being formed into the image of Christ, we are also satisfied in God. And God is accurately seen as he actually is. Will you guys stand with me? I've made these statements this morning that I will pursue holiness. That I will handle sex in the human body as God designed. I will actively reject objectification of the human body in all forms. I will build and pursue the kingdom of God and not merely a nation or a kingdom or an idea of a nation. I will winsomely sow kindness and peace. I will use technology as needed to fulfill a call of God with all holiness, and that's all. I will seek to use technology for my sanctification, and this year it will mean separating from it. If you connect to any of those statements, I'm going to ask you in just a minute, just to, to step out and come down front as, as just a sign to say, God, I, uh, I, this, I want this to be my pursuit. I, I want to walk towards you in, in holiness. I, I want you to be primary. I want you to be the object of my affection this week. Just, just, just go this week. Just start this week. Sam Alberry says this, the rub of Jesus' challenge to all. What's wrong with the world is not outside of us and to be avoided but inside of us and to be admitted. Friends, Jesus heals and brings us into a place to pursue holiness. And so I wanna invite you, if, this, if that's you, just kind of just fill this kind of front area, move in. If you would make these, any of these statements to be, yes, I, I, I wanna walk in this way that pursues holiness. This is not an area that I'm, I'm, I'm completely dissatisfied with the way that I've been moving and operating. I don't want to do it anymore. And if, that, if that's not, if you don't connect to any of these, there's no pressure. Like the last thing that I want in this place is this, like, I feel guilty if I don't go. No, that's not, that's not Jesus. <laughs> that's not Jesus calling you. It's the conviction of the Spirit going, hey, this point in your life, I want because you've been gripping onto it and holding onto it for far too long. And there's been no advancement of my kingdom in you or through you. And I want it. The admission and humbly coming before the throne of Jesus is the place that pursuit of holiness begins. Put your arms out in front of you. Um, if this is you, Spirit, you have guided us to this place this morning. I, I, I believe that you, you've walked us in this room for many in here to hear this specific word for them this morning, for, for me this morning.
So Spirit, I, I pray for, for those that have identified and connected too much or, or at all with, with the sexualized culture that we're in. God, there's things that we, that we laugh at, that we watch, um, that we joke about that are an absolute affront to a holy God. And, and we want to be done with it. You're, you're better. That, it does not satisfy. It doesn't fulfill. You alone do. And so, Spirit, we, we ask that you would move us, that you would plant within us purity and peace and satisfaction within us by the, within us by the power of your Spirit. God, I pray that there would be a, a disconnection from the things that we feel so addicted to within the techno, technological realm. This constant need for feedback from other people. God, I pray that you would plant, that you would sow by the power of your spirit, affirmation and peace into your followers. And spirit, I pray that you would plant, that you would sow unity and kindness and a winsomeness within your followers as we approach just the the political fiasco that we so often find ourselves in. Let us be known as those who love one another well because we've been with you. Spirit, guide us. Continue to draw us. Let us pursue holiness pray this in the power and the might and the authority of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Guys, our prayer and ministry team will be down front. We'd love to get to pray with you um, and alongside you. You guys have a great day. You are dismissed.